0: the next one month, or let me say, yeah, one month into the end of next month, I'll be running a series which I call Another Look at Healing and gather everyone that is sick that you know. I'm going to be praying for the sick at the end of service and we're going to trust God to bring healing to each and every one of them. And I'm going to run this series Sunday, Tuesday, Sunday, Tuesday throughout next next month that means twice every week so don't miss out on it because there's something if we know about healing we will always always get healed always when I mean always I mean always because it, it is part of the promise until you are ready to be called home God has given that as part of the covenant he said he will take away sickness diseases, from our midst. He said he will not afflict us with the sickness and the diseases that affect the unbelievers. And it's God's promise. It's part of the covenant. And if it's part of the covenant, if you believe it, appropriate it, you will always reap the benefit of every promise of God. And I want to start this series from looking at some of the hindrances to Healing or some of the hindrances people are faced with whenever they believe God or trust God for healing. Sweet Holy Spirit, I ask that you teach us that to your word on the fleshy parts of our heart. May I not speak my words, but your words. And at the end of the day, I ask that you move in our midst and bring healing to everyone that is oppressed of the devil, that is sick in the body. Even those that will watch this online after now, the power and the presence of God let it flow into their bodies and their minds in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! Why do some people seek healing and yet they fail to receive it, or some receive their healing and they lose it? This is one question I've received severally. Pastor, when we were in that crusade, when we were in that meeting, I was healed. But soon after, I lost the healing. Oh, Pastor, I believe God for my healing. It has delayed. Weeks have passed. I'm yet to receive it. Months have passed. I'm yet to receive it. Years have passed. I'm yet to receive it. Then this series is for you. Download this message. Listen to it over and over and over and over again. When you put everything I'm going to talk about as hindrances to healing to work, you will notice that you've eliminated that obstacle between you and your divine health. Between you and your healing. There might be several reasons, but I've lumped some together and I've gotten about 15 I'll be sharing with you throughout this month. Throughout this month. So it's something you have to hear. The Bible says that it says, you shall know the truth, the truth of the word of God. So it is knowing that truth that makes one whole. And one of the ways you move from just not mere knowledge of God's word to revelation of God's word. That is truth. Truth isn't the written word. Truth is the revealed word. And you need to know it. And how you know it is by hearing and hearing and hearing and meditating and meditating on that word Till the letters of the word come alive. When those letters come alive. (laughs) Sorry for that obstacle, that sickness, that disease, that mountain before you. It will fizzle away. Immediately. Knowing the truth. So get this message. Don't listen to it once. Don't listen to it twice. Listen to it a thousand times. And your life will not remain the same so the first obstacle or hindrance i have here written down is ignorance a lot of people are not healed because they are ignorant and what do i mean by that some don't know about healing and that is the truth some don't know what to do to get healed that's why i'm running this series not only would you know about healing, you would know what to do and what not to do to receive your healing and to keep your healing. People that know me know that I only talk about practical Christianity. I don't like teaching things, talking about things that have not worked out. I've not like, I don't like teaching things or talking about things that I've not put to work and I've seen work. I believe in the things that work. I don't, don't believe in talking about things. That don't work. So, the things I'll be talking to you about today is the things that have seen work. Where for God's word to work for you, you must put God's word, word to work. That's how it works. <laughs> That's how it works. So, some don't know about it. Some don't know what to do. And I think I put down here is that some are ignorant. Of the healing power of God the healing power of the Word of God you know Paul tells us like I've quoted earlier that faith cometh by hearing and hearing the Word of God some that know about the healing power of God are ignorant of God's willingness to heal them oh this one is one of the major reasons why people are yet to receive their healing. They know that God is powerful. They know about the covenant of healing, the covenant of health. They know (laughs) that God can do all things, that God can do the impossible. But somehow, at the back of their mind, some know about this, and some are ignorant of this. At the back of their mind, they are not sure Of God's willingness to heal them they know he's powerful but they are not sure if he's willing to heal them that's how a man met Jesus and asked for healing he said to Jesus if thou will and this has plagued a lot of people a lot of believers why do they doubt God's willingness Because the accuser of brethren has fed their mind with the things they've done in the past that they believe that God does not like. The accuser of the brethren has filled their mind with lies and tales, giving them reasons why God has abandoned them, giving them reasons why God will not answer them, giving them reasons why God will not heal them. They have this at the back of their mind. Like I said, some know about it, some don't know. What they don't know is that that knowledge that has been fed automatically, those automatic thoughts from devils have become a wedge that has held them at one place and has held them down and has stopped them from receiving their healing. Listen to me, I've come today to tell you that there is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. The accuser of brethren has nothing on you. Paraventure, if he has something on you, God has invited us according to First John chapter 1 that we should come boldly, confess our sins. Perhaps there's a sin that you think you committed, that has stopped God from healing you. Confess it. The Bible lets us know that God is faithful. What does that word faithful mean? It means that anytime time you genuinely repent and confess your sin, the faithfulness of God will ensure that God forgives you. There's no probability if he will or if he will not forgive you. His faithfulness ensures that he will forgive you. He is consistent in forgiving you. So rest assured in that fact. He is faithful. Then he is just. What does just mean? Because he has given his word, he cannot go back on it. Because he has given his word. I've heard people say, Oh, God did this for that person. Why can't He do it for me? Listen, God is just. He does not have one criteria for one person and a different one for another person. If He does, then He will not be a just judge. Whatever He has said He will do, He must do it. Just confess that sin, and He will forgive you. And you can put the accuser of the brethren in his place and walk in your healing. Hallelujah. The knowledge of God's will must precede faith for his will to be done in your life. Another thing I put out here is that many have sought healing from Christ before they heard or knew enough of the word of God. And I must say again, this is very, very predominant. They sought healing and they received it, but they have not stored enough of the word in their heart. This is one of the things Jesus talked about when he told the story of the sower. He said the sower cast the word on the pathway, turning ground, stony ground, on a good ground. And you will see the three people on the pathway, turning ground, stony ground, lost out because they did not let the word of God get in, have roots, grow, germinate, and yield fruits. And it's exactly what happens to people in crusades, especially unbelievers. They receive their healing and they can feel it in their body. Visibly and physically, they know they have been healed, but alas. Few days later, few weeks later, few months later, they lost it. What they don't know is that the, one of the laws of the Spirit is that whatever sources something that is the source of anything is also the sustainer of that thing. If God's word went out to you for your healing to come, make sure that that word is what will sustain it. The Bible says that this world, they were all created by the word of God. Guess what? He also said in that same breath that the world is also sustained by the word of God. What and how do you think this earth, this massive blob of rock, how is it sustained in the atmosphere? It is the word that spoke it that is keeping it. hear me well? That word that was spoken and you got healed is the same word that will keep that healing. That is why if you receive your healing, you will be wise to stay on the word of God. To stay on the word of God. You must learn the word of God. That is why I like to teach about healing before I conduct a healing service. And it's one of the things I teach. You must stay on the word of God. You don't come collect and run. You come collect and stay to keep that which you have collected. Take a fish out of the water. That fish will do what? Die. Why? It is the water that God spoke to in Genesis chapter 1 to produce the fish. So the water sourced the fish. For the fish to survive and live on, that fish must remain in the water. That you shall know the truth, and the truth that you know will set you free. So it is the truth of the written word that sets us free. Freedom is the truth known, understood, received, acted on, maintained. Two key themes. After you've known the truth, you must act on it. I'm going to come on that later. So people have not received their healing because they've not acted in line with what they believe. Now you act on it, then it is also maintained. That is the self sustainer principle. By the word of God and steadfastly believed with an appropriating fruit. And the last thing about ignorance I'm going to talk to you about If I move on to the next point today, and I'll catch you on Tuesday, is this. (laughs) This might surprise a lot of people. And here also lies one of the reasons why we have not received our healing or kept our healing. is that we are ignorant of the natural health laws. We are ignorant of the natural health laws. Ignorant of it. On Tuesday, I'm going to talk to you more on that. The second reason why a lot of people don't receive their healing is because of unbelief. That is where we will end today. Unbelief. I'm going to talk to you about three types of unbelief. Unbelief. Jesus was with his three core disciples of the mountain of transfiguration. The time he came down, he met the other nine disciples unable to heal a boy called a lunatic. Some people say he was suffering from epileptic bouts. And Jesus, and and the father of the boy ran to Jesus, Jesus, if you can do something, please do something. Your disciples have tried, but they could not do anything. Jesus was not going to let anyone blame him. He turned to him and said, if only you will believe. The problem is not with my ability. <laughs> he has the ability. The problem is with your unbelief. The problem is not if I'm willing to heal, that this is the reason why I've come. The problem is with your unbelief. This has stopped a lot of people From receiving your healing. The disciples came after that episode and asked him, Why couldn't we heal him? (laughs) He told them the same thing. He said, It is because of your unbelief. Because they were wondering. You've sent us out severally two by two. And we've come back testifying of the mighty works that we did in your name. How come this little boy's case, we couldn't do anything? He said to them, Your unbelief. What does that mean? You might have experienced God walk in the past. If you don't remain in the Word, you will drift away. Oh, hear me again, hear me again. See, the things of the Spirit are really simple. There is no plateau. You don't get to a point in your spiritual life or spiritual growth, you'll be like, oh, I've arrived. I can now relax. I can now eat, drink. <laughs> No, 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 no. In spiritual growth and in the things of the Spirit, if you're not constantly itching upwards, if you're not constantly making progress, do you know what you're doing? You're actually taking steps back. You didn't hear me. In the things of the Spirit, if you're not constantly, it's a daily walk. There's no rest. You must constantly be walking forward. Walking forward. Pressing towards that mark. If you're not constantly doing that, do you know what you're doing? You're actually going backwards. There's no place you get to the realm of the Spirit and 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 you stay or remain or plateau. No, 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 no. We must learn this, especially Christians. We must learn this. That's why you must do your devotion daily. That's why you must pray daily. That's why you must ingest God's Word daily. You must do those spiritual activities daily. You must confess that you are healed daily. And the thing about healing is that it is better, actually for Christians, that you keep sickness and diseases out than wait for it to come to believe God for healing. Now, for you to keep sickness and disease out there must be actions you must do on the daily one of it is daily confession of the word of god i do it every day i wake up i say oh i first thank god worship him adore him then i go about i say this is the day that god has made i will rejoice in this day and be glad guess what the next night i do i speak to my body i say this day no sickness no disease no pain, no ache, nothing. Then I activate the life of God that's already in me, Zoe, to flow from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. If there are any sickness, disease, brewing, take them out. And I speak some specific things. If the sickness that runs in your lineage, every day you confess, say things to counter that sickness. You I speak to my heart. If you really have heart problem or blood pressure, you speak to your your veins, arteries, and capillaries. And you speak normalcy to your blood pressure. Diabetes runs in your household. You speak to your pancreas, insulin, to secrete the proper, accurate measure of insulin on that day to handle the sugar levels in your body. You confess. That is how you keep the enemy out. You do it daily. That is acting on your faith. That is putting God's word to work. That is appropriating your faith. It is done daily. Every day you speak protection over your children. Over your household. Over your house, your properties, your cars. That is how you put God's word into action. Thinking only on it is good. What that does is that it transforms you. It gets you from just mere knowledge to revelation. But to get that word as an offensive weapon, you must declare it. You must speak it. That is when God's word becomes an offensive weapon. There are two strategies. Anyone in warfare can adopt. Is that a defensive strategy? an offensive strategy now when you meet war generals they will always tell you that defensive strategy is good you will do well to know and understand how to build the offensive because until you get on the offensive you will not put your enemy in his place for a long time the ukrainians defended They were defending. And they saw they would be run down by the mighty Russian army until the US and America started sending weapons to them. Strategic weaponry. And they are now on the offensive. And Russia, (laughs) you've noticed that their progress has stalled Because they thought they would take Ukraine in months. But the war now has dragged into years. Because the one that has been attacked started getting offensive. You will also do well to learn that when it comes to dealing with the enemy, beyond the offensive. So unbelief. At times we use the word unbelief and doubt interchangeably. But they're not the same thing. Doubt is to unbelieve what temptation is to say. Now, when you read James chapter one. You understand the progress of sin. It starts with the temptation. When you are tempted to sin or do something, the truth is that you've not yet committed that thing. That same way, when you doubt something, not that it is good on its own, you have not yet gotten into unbelief. Doubt is the not the absence of faith. It is the questioning of faith. Is the questioning of faith. The Christian believes that there is a God and when he doubts, he questions what he believes. Doubt come and go. Yeah, doubts. They come and they go. But unbelief, listen, is a conclusion someone reaches. It is a deliberate decision to live life As if there is no God. Doubt and faith can exist in someone's life at the same time. But that is not the case with unbelief. And when you read the reason why the children of Israel did not enter the promised land, you see clearly in all scriptures, whether in Hebrews 3 and chapter 4, it is because of their unbelief. See what unbelief does. Unbelief. (laughs) is the conclusion that there is no God. And you might wonder, okay, that means I am maybe, possibly, probably suffering from just doubt. There is no way I have ever been in unbelief. <laughs> uh, and the reason why you might say that is because you're a Christian. No, I believe that of so course There's no way I have suffered from unbelief. Might I remind you? The story I told you about the lunatic. The disciples asked Jesus, Why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus told his disciples that are with him, been with him, because of their unbelief. I want you to think about that. They are with Christ, they know him as the Son of God, and yet they were in unbelief. See, unbelief can creep on a Christian subtly. That is why Satan. Brings unbelief first as doubts. He doesn't just bring unbelief immediately. He starts injecting doubts into your heart. When you focus, sit, meditate (laughs) on that doubt long enough, you will step into unbelief. And most times, listen carefully, most times you might not know it. The disciples have healed the sick severally. They've cast out devils severally. They've done this thing severally, and yet, in this particular case, they were in unbelief, and they didn't know it. Because if they knew it, they would not have asked Jesus why they could not cast the devil out. That is why you don't wait till you are in unbelief to handle it. You first handle doubt. Remember what I said. Doubt is to unbelief what temptation is to sin. Oh, don't wait till you sin. You no, oh, I've sinned. You handle sin at the onset, when it comes, as thoughts, as temptation. It is the handling of temptation that stops you from sinning, not the handling of sin. You didn't hear me. It is the handling of temptation that stops you from what? Sinning. That is why the government will always advise you not to smoke, not to drink. What are they doing? They're handling things that if you do to an excessive measure will lead to something terminal. So in handling cancer and those terminal illness, they stop or they advise you rather To stop drinking, stop smoking, stop this, stop that. Why? They don't want you to get to the point of that terminal sickness. So to handle unbelief, start by handling doubt. Don't let any thought of doubt questioning God's power, God's willingness, if this sickness will go or not. Don't allow those thoughts. Stay or else it will get to a place of unbelief. And you might not even know that you've gotten there. There's something about unbelief. God hates it. That's why he swore that they would not enter the promised land. Because it is saying, whether consciously or subconsciously, and the subconscious one is worse. Because God reads your heart. He sees your heart. It is saying that God is not able. It is saying that God is not willing. It is saying that I'm not of those that God favors. Yes, he favors, A, but not me. When it comes to my case, oh, my case is different. That's unbelief, that is creeping in. without your knowing. it. You think you are sanctimonious, righteous, trying to find and figure out why things are not working out for you. Not knowing. You've stepped into unbelief. It's like a fool that says in his heart that there is no God. So stop doubt in his truck. Don't let it fester, it will grow into unbelief. Now, there are different people that can exhibit unbelief that can stop you from receiving your healing. Number one is the one ministering healing to you, the minister himself can be in unbelief. <laughs> yes that's why you've not received your healing i'll give you an example can I heal him you know the first 12 years of his life was horrid he had a sickness that actually killed him a couple of times you know when medical science gave up on him i think his grandma or his mom got her pastor to come and pray for healing the pastor came, saw how deplorable the situation was. He started talking to them, oh, take heart. If he goes, he's going to go to a good place, a nice place, the bottom of the Lord. All you know those things that ministers say just to bring comfort and all that. Hey, they brought you here to pray for the sick. Why are you talking about death? That minister does not believe that he would be healed. So he's the wrong person to bring in that case. He's having to pray that he be healed. He prayed that he should have a good death. That is unbelief by the minister. Some of those that are not healed is because of unbelief on the past part of the minister. The disciples did not heal that boy because they were in unbelief. And that kind of unbelief is what I call corporate unbelief, familiarity. It happened to Jesus. He came back full of power, went straight to his hometown to start his ministry. And the Bible said that he could not heal, but a few folk. Why? They said, isn't he the capital son? We know him. He's to knock wood together. What is he doing? What is he saying? That he can heal? That he's a savior? What is all of that? Corporate unbelief because of familiarity. This also happens in church. When you're used to your pastor, you just can't see him as a vessel, an instrument that God can use to bring healing to you because you're too familiar with him. Because you're too familiar with him. You can also see this happen with the Israelites. All of them could not just Believe that they will enter that land and defeat those giants. And yet, for 40 days, every day, back to back, morning, night, they were living under miracles. I don't blame them because I might as well do the same thing. So you see why their own is unbelief, no doubt. They saw the templates in Egypt. They saw the Red sea divide. They saw water, bitter water, turn into good water. A rock followed them. A rock followed them, supplying water. They were under the cloud of God during the day, and pillar of fire during the night. This is every day. Manna was supplied every day. Every day. They lived under miracles, mighty works every day. Any day they look up, they see the miracle and mighty works of God. At night, they see the miracle and mighty works of God. 40 days they go to Sinai, God Himself came down. So they were living in miracles, and yet they could not believe. That God will give them that land. That is unbelief. That is the same way you wake up. How you woke up, you don't know. What happened while you are sleeping, you don't know. All you know that is woke up, that you woke up. Listen to me. Waking up every morning is a mighty walk of God. If only you understand what occurs while you are asleep. Just waking up is a mighty work of God. And yet, you believe he cannot take away that sickness subtly at the back of your mind. So don't be fast to blame the Israelites. I keep saying, I used to be fast to blame them. God told me that you do the same thing every day. If not by his grace and mercy, I'm no better than the Israelites. Before you blame the Israelites, look at yourself in the mirror. Oh, this is where I end. Join me on Tuesday. Join me on Tuesday. Oh, it's going to be amazing on Tuesday. i are going to look at some other hindrances to healing. But before that, I'm going to pray for anyone that is sick in the house. Right now. I want you to put your hand where that pain is. Where that sickness is. Where that disease is. Just put your hand there. As I pray, we believe God for healing. And I need you to step out by faith. Do the things you could not do. Because that shows that you truly believe. Don't go lie down under the duvet, cuddled up, hoping that you will feel strong to know that the healing has come. That is also one reason why people don't receive their healing. I won't talk to you about it in this whole series. So you have to get up by faith. and Step out. Knowing for sure that you've been healed. Way for sure that you've been healed. Father, I thank you for your word. I know that they have heard it this evening. So, Spirit, you are the power of God. <laughs> I ask that you move now through those limbs, those hands, connected to the point where that pain is, where that sickness is. Ask that you move in your power. I rebuke that sickness, that disease. Now, in the name of Jesus, out from that body. Be gone. I command your foul spirit of infirmity. Out from that body. Jesus Christ has paid the price for your health. They you receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be whole. In Jesus' name. Now get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Do those things you could not do before. Because you are healed. You are healed. Start doing those things you could not do before. Shake. Shake. Walk around. Don't sit down. Don't lie down. Go and cook. Go and do something. Because you are healed. In the name of Jesus. Join me on Tuesday. You still have a long way to go. In the hindrances to healing, under this series which I've called Another Look at Healing. And I trust God, by the time we are done, no sickness will be in this house of Activate Church. It's not possible. It's not possible. No sickness. No disease. We reject and we refuse it. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word. Oh, I've sent your word. And you said that, the sent word will never return to you void. Father, I hang on, on that word. The sent word of healing cannot return void. Every sent word of healing accomplishes its purpose to the hearer and the watchers of this video. In the name of Jesus. If you have an offering, this a time to give it. But I pray blessings upon the givers. Increase them. Bless them. May they not ever go beyond this level that they are at in the name of Jesus. Amen. So join me on Tuesday. It's going to be an awesome time in God's presence on Tuesday. I'm going to be praying for the healing of many on Tuesday. It's going to be an awesome time. And I will trust God that no one will go back any day that will bring this message of healing With any pain, sickness, and disease, it will not happen. Hallelujah. Go succeed. Go prosper. For God is with you. Bye-bye. Hello, this is Pastor B. We would love you to consider subscribing to this podcast as your love gift helps us produce insightful messages like this that will go a long way in blessing you and bringing you to the full stature of christ i love you as you consider this could succeed and prosper for god is with you bye